Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's got fast cars, Charlie Sheen, and barely constituted as a horror movie? Well, it's called The Wraith, and you guys made us watch it. So, <laughs> let's sit down and talk about it on Horror Movie Night. Uh, I want to read one of the emails that we got. I don't remember who sent this to us, so up front, I apologize. But it says, I'm adding a suggestion to you guys. The underappreciated, strange Charlie, Phil- Charlie Sheen movie titled The Wraith. It rides the line of horror just a little bit, given that he's a ghost that drives around the sweetest ride ever and kills members of a punk gang responsible for his death and his younger brother's torment. Featuring a bizarrely intense Randy Quaid as a highway patrol officer, this movie has a weird charm to it. This is already too long for you to read on the air, so I'll cut it here, but thanks for the entertainment, guys. Who po- who sent that in? I don't know. We got like three emails asking for the Wraith. Like, this was this was Why? a big one for people. Uh, let me try to see if I can find out that information. But in the meantime, I'm going to step down from my hosting duties and give Scott the honor of telling us what happens in The Wraith, possibly the most 80s film I've ever seen, specifically in the first <laughs> like 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. So remember how last week when I was like, uh, my expectations were high and then dashed against the rocks of this island on in American Gothic and then brought back up by the last 20 minutes. Um, this movie's the exact opposite. It starts on a real high note with this sweet 80s intro. And um, I'm like, so this is like Horror Night Rider, right? It's not at all. It's like <laughs> Dukes of Hazard with Charlie Sheen. It's a ghost, ghost Dukes of Hazard. It is the most boring shit you can sit through on horror movie night. Like it's not the worst movie that we've discussed, but it is completely useless. It is a worthless film. <laughs> useless. It, like the, I don't, how did they get Charlie Sheen? How did they get 
Randy, well, okay, let me rephrase that. How did they get Charlie Sheen? Because like, <laughs> Randy Quaid, well, we don't have to ask that question. Here's how they got Charlie Sheen. Because they said, hey, Charlie Sheen, how would you like to star in a movie that you only have to appear in four scenes in? And he was like, all right. And then he used that money to get cocaine. Like, that's exactly how they got Charlie Sheen in this movie. Because like, not only is he super miscast in this movie, and he is like super miscast in this movie, but like, he is barely in this movie, and he is the star of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they really, like, when he comes onto the screen, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> or, well, you know, they're, they're really trying to push the oh, shit moment. It doesn't <laughs> feel like that, because come on now. But, like, it's very apparent that they're pushing that that idea really hard. There's only one person who's accurately casted in this movie, and that's because being the geeky, like, 80s version of a 50s greaser is somehow the role that Clint Howard was born to play. Like he, that hair. Holy yeah, shit. He's perfect in this movie. Like if this oh movie was just him, I'd be so much more into this movie. <laughs> if this was evil speak meets Night Rider. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, the we'd, only, have a, we'd have a film boys. We yeah. have a film. <laughs> I mean, don't touch the soundtrack because the soundtrack is like undeservably great to this. movie. Oh, that shit slaps. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's got the best Ozzy Osbourne song I'd never heard of. Yeah. That, that song was great. I'm a secret loser. <laughs> that song's incredible. And I've never heard of it my entire life. I didn't even know it was Ozzy. And then I was like, Oh shit, this song rules. What's this soundtrack? And I was like, that's Ozzy Osbourne. So, wow. Folks, when you're when you're looking through crates of records, never pass up the Wraith because holy shit, man! Yeah. That was yeah, that whole soundtrack was incredible. <laughs> like it's really fucking good. <laughs> Is that just like was that a song just for this movie? Like I don't have all of the Ozzy discography, so it's possible it's on like a, a deep cut. But I'm I'm not positive, but I think there I think it's a mixture of tracks made specifically for that movie and obviously tracks that had come out as you know singles or part of parts of other yeah, albums. I I'm not sure of that one. I think there's like one or two songs that were specifically for that movie. So again, in the way that like they only got Charlie Sheen for a certain amount of time, they probably only got <laughs> two songs for a certain amount of money, and then they just had to deal with the rest. Clint Howard well, was free. Clint Howard paid to yeah, be in this movie. Yes. No, Clint Howard was like, just make my hair big and I'll be in this movie for free. <laughs> okay, so it is on an Ozzy Osbourne album. It is on The Ultimate Sin from 1986. So, ah, okay. There we go. So one of the forgotten yeah. ones. <laughs> the, that yeah. like between Randy Rhodes and uh, Zach Wilde era of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, I know that you meant to say era, but you said error and it was just too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, let me let me get into the meat of this movie, which there isn't much. It's about as thick as one of those cheeseburgers that they sell at the stupid diner in this movie. <laughs> um, so, the, first, so the, the concept of this film is that the greasers race for pink slips because it's still 1957 in this remote part of Arizona, <laughs> and um, they it's revealed that the um, Oh, what's his name? Um, what's the name of the uh, Packard? Yes, Walsh. Packard Walsh. Um, he is the leader of the the pack. The leader <laughs> uh, of the pack. <laughs> yeah, but this is our all singing, all shitting on the movie episode. <laughs> uh, so they race for big Not slips, sorry. and they steal. They, they they get. Um, they steal this dude's car. Um, by like running him off the road. He's like, you cheated. And he's like, you better just walk away while you still can, blah, blah, blah. While they sexually assault a poor woman. Yes, there's that too. And then they, in flashbacks, you see that Carrie, the female lead, um, 
was dating this guy and um, that her boyfriend Jamie Jamie yeah. was killed by Packard and his gang. Let's just get to the meat of that that story because it's it's like so heavily implied that it's not really a shock when they show you that in the in the the um like the the scene when she remembers yeah. i thought that was the case. i thought the first flashback showed him i like i was very i was with it the whole the whole movie and i was like oh we're revealing this <laughs> yeah yeah because like who else who the fuck else has like a, a duck butt hairdo and a switchblade and like has yeah, it has like a weird mean streak that we already have established you know, in, on the on the weird roads of Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So so um, that's the whole point of it is that this Packard dude is a complete asshole and um, now is is making Carrie date him because nobody will stop him apparently. So Sheriff Loomis sucks um, and Loomis. is worthless. That's it. Yeah. And that's, I think that's about as close to being a horror movie as this is. Is it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, we're going to do some fan service for you. But like, here's, anyway. here's the one thing I have to say in its defense, like, I don't think this is very much a horror movie at all. And normally I would bitch that our listeners are like completely in the wrong, but fucking Shudder seems to think it's a horror movie because they. Yeah, it was like, on like, Shudder. Yeah. And Netflix had it under horror. Yeah. In, when they yeah. had it, so I, I, I don't mean, know. In some in some ways, it's a supernatural revenge tale. So like, but if you if you if when you pitch it, it turns out to be one. But when it when you watch it, it's not. So it's like, in order to get people to watch it, you have to pitch it in the way that it is supposed to be. I guess. So you're like you're talking about a revenge filled ghost who fucking drives a sweet it's not a sweet car i don't like <laughs> that, that car, car. Looks like garbage I don't, fucking, I don't fucking like that car it looks like I something like straight like out weird... of tron like if one of the vehicles oh, from dude, tron was on the road yeah 80s terrible. aesthetic was absolutely ridiculous but that, that also brings me to a note that i have i can't tell if this was a commercial for sports cars or coke <laughs> like literally <laughs> one of two things made this movie happen and i'm not sure which it was i'm leaning towards cocaine so this movie no it has to be this cocaine. movie also has kind of a weird like it's just the class of 1984 but like if the teacher was a killer car like that's literally what this movie is yes <laughs> dude and well, dude, but not even not even so because like class of 1984 even if it's an index exaggeration the anxiety of that movie is so high. <laughs> this one, you're like, is this a fuck? Is this a fucking city on Earth? Is this like, is it, what, is it, are we on? Are we on this planet right now? Are we? Yeah, nothing this? matters. Nothing no. matters in this movie. No. Nothing happens that like has any sort of and repercussion. It's so beloved. And Ari- Arizona in big quotes. Yeah, dude. Arizona in big fucking quotes. I don't. I don't believe for a second that we're anywhere <laughs> that exists. I just like, I don't no get way. this movie is so well loved. Like I every time that we mention oh we're watching the Wraith, people are like, "Oh man, I fucking love the Wraith." Like I think that they saw it one time when they were kids and have not watched it since because Must be. Must be. Uh, it's one of those movies where the concept is sweet. The tagline is awesome. The tagline is he's not from around here, which is I mean, it gives a great uh, mystique to this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cover, I mean, the, the the poster and the tagline and the concept of this film are Well, that's are the thing. This sweet. is like, I I yeah, hate that I didn't like this movie that much because it's it's one of the few movies, it's been a long time since we've had a movie like this, where the whole time I'm watching it, I keep thinking to myself, like, 
I should like this more. Like everything about it should right. be something I loved. And I was just like, it yeah, just it just missed. It missed so hard. I agree. I absolutely agree. Cause you know, I love eighties aesthetic and I love fucking uh, synth wave music. And I, I, I don't know. I loved the outfits that they had in this movie. Um, I didn't love the punks though. The, the greasers no. rather, they were so annoying. Um, so, uh, sorry, I got, we all got sidetracked, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Charlie Sheen comes into town shirtless. Um, or no, I guess his shirt is, is unbuttoned as he's on his motorcycle. Comes up to Carrie as she's leaving for school, school? or I don't yeah, know. They school? seem like they're school? in high school. Uh, she go to school, school at the burger joint? Yeah, apparently. That's where she's getting her education. <laughs> so, um, but Carrie's outfit is hot. Like, Carrie is a very attractive woman, and they put her in a lot of really great 80s outfits in this movie. Not like, not to the point where you're like, wow, that, that this is really just kind of playing to the audience. She's hot. Stereo- stereotypically 80s outfits in order to make us feel that way. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It, it felt realistic, at least. That was like the most realistic part of this movie, mm. were her outfits. Um, but then, um, so she's like gonna get on the bike with this dude she just met. Uh, that's how bad life sucks in this town in Arizona. It's like this random dude comes up and she's like, you know what? Maybe he's going to kill me or maybe we're going to have a horrid accident on the winding roads outside of town because none of us are wearing any motorcycle gear. But, you know, it's better than the uh, than the other options she's, that I got going on. She's right got, so one, do it. She's kind of got hope. that, like, everything in the Flintstones philosophy of like, eh, it's a living. Like, she's just like... <laughs> <laughs> But then, then there, her plan with Packard is to go to the culvert from the Incredible Melting Man where the junk fisherman gets decapitated and stunned all day long. Deep cut. Um, and, and, and I was expecting – well, it's not really a deep cut because we just did it a couple months ago. That's why it's on my mind. Uh, fair, uh, fair enough. But I, I was expecting these 80s punks because I they look like punks when you first see them, but they're really greasers and they're not nearly as entertaining. But I was like, oh, yeah, 80s punks are always entertaining when we have them in the movies that we discuss. These guys were painful to watch. I mean, yeah. Augie, which is Ron Howard's character. No, Ron, um, Ron right? Howard's Ragman. <laughs> yeah, Raggy. Augie was the first one who died. Okay, sorry, Augie. Uh, the, so, yeah, the, the, they're going to the, – the first time they see the actual Wraith – shows up and and they're like oh i want that car and so augie's gonna race him and mm-hmm. some i think packard is the one that says rip this guy a new asshole do it to him augie style and i'm thinking <laughs> my favorite line that had to be like really they they knew what they were doing when they wrote that line right <laughs> like guy on guy rape. that's that's what the implication is so they spent so much money on the soundtrack and all the burning cars in this movie, and uh, and apparently Charlie Sheen for the whole six minutes. You know, in um, Life Force, Matilda May is uh, only in the movie for seven whole minutes, but she's naked for like six of them. Yeah, Charlie Sheen is probably only in this movie for seven minutes. And I think he might only wear <laughs> a shirt for one of them. <laughs> so, <it's> <laughs> uh, so then the 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 whole point is that um, so Augie gets killed in the or he gets run off the road and and it, his car explodes and then they pull the body out of the wreckage and it's completely clear of damage except for its eyes are burnt out uh, and so they're like oh I don't like the way this is going so that's the way 
everybody in the movie dies is the the wraith picks off one guy and then another guy and then he like blows up their car shop out in the middle of nowhere like how are there this many nice cars and where are they getting the money to buy them because i'm assuming in the 80s you had to like mail order yeah when there's only 50 people in this town and that's being that's being generous yeah we there are a total of 10 people that we see in this film (laughs) (laughs) and so all the you know it's just so unbelievable but in any case, so you get a bunch of scenes interspersed where Carrie is trying to work and then um, her dead boyfriend's brother is trying to work and they are getting intimidated by Packard and then Charlie Sheen shows up some more and then the cop is trying to intimidate the greasers and then the greasers are huffing paint and then um, – Nice. Shit. Dude, I don't even know what happens next. I guess they blow up the um, – they they blow up the garage and I believe at least one well, of the guys of, gets both killed of them in that. Well, yeah, and Clint uh, Howard decides to tell Randy Quaid like, "Yo, we're being attacked by a ghost." Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Randy Quaid's like, "Sure, sure." I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I know we're missing about a half hour chunk, but I couldn't tell no. you what that half hour chunk was. I don't I think mean, that there's... I'm really missing a half hour chunk here, man. I'm, no, I'm no, trying no, to condense only... it because there's oh, nothing no, yeah. worth talking. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, no! You're not missing it. The film has yeah. half hour, we, but it no doesn't. One, oh. No one, in the audience, yeah. no, no, audience yeah. missed anything during that time. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like in, in my notes, I'm catching up the same place that you are with nothing, nothing in between, dude. Oh, I think oh, right I, before that final bat, the final race between the Wraith and Packard, is that where he like Packard slices his hand open and then slices Carrie's hand open and says this blood lovers. We're like blood, blood, blood brothers. I guess you could call us blood lovers. That's how much I love you. And then he says, when you feel nothing, you can do anything. And he licks the blood from his own fist. I feel like that guy came out of that scene and was like, yeah, yeah, that's the take. I fucking showed up. Yeah. Yo, uh, but, blood, but somebody, whoever wrote the script didn't realize that blood lovers isn't a thing. Like I don't it, think I never once heard... a month it can be a thing. <laughs> oh whoa! Uh, <laughs> I guess you're right. Uh, noted, noted. Like there's a I think there's like one or two other like races that between the like drag races between the car between the wraith I guess and some other like weird junky but also muscular car and then like somebody dies but we don't know. Who. Oh oh oh! But then yeah yeah but I think before that we see. Carrie get naked just randomly for briefly yeah 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 and and um I felt real bad for her because they spent all their money on uh Charlie Sheen and car explosions and the soundtrack so they couldn't have paid her extra for getting naked in this film so you know what uh, would make (laughs) this movie a lot better now I think about it is like we keep we keep Clint Howard in his role because he's he's perfectly cast but we replace the rest of the gang with um, Thomas Wilson, Billy Zane, and Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) 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 And then this movie suddenly becomes five stars of greatness. (laughs) Fucking done deal. Um, I'm looking at the credits now. I did not realize that Clint Howard's uh, character was named Rughead. So we have that going. Oh, I thought it was Raghead. No, I have have it as Rughead. Um, no, I believe you, but it's just that nobody can actually enunciate no, the lines could. in this nobody film. I, I thought it was Raghead too. Um, and, and the only thing I, I want to say briefly about Clint Howard before I forget, because I didn't write it down, 
Um, but I do know that he explained what a wraith was. So I want Clint Howard's role in every movie um, to be him shouting the movie's title and then explaining <laughs> what it means. So he's like, yeah, it's a wraith, a phantom, a spirit. Like, he's, I just want him to be like, oh, ticks. Like, yeah, they're like insects, but they like suck blood. No, 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 no. Sometimes it's Lyme disease. I don't know. This is this is the, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get a huge following, our our gigantic following on Facebook mm-hmm. to push a petition to get Clint Howard in Suicide Squad two, so that he can be like, <laughs> so you're saying it's some kind of Suicide Squad. <laughs> Like they're a group <laughs> willing to kill themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll write it. <laughs> Nobody has to write yeah, it. We can do no, it. No, we can actually put it into the the um that Google AI and we can have it write it. <laughs> and they'll so do here's a better what we job. Do. Instead of doing the online petition film. is because I feel like, you know, the three of us probably have enough money in our pockets right now to pay for Clint Howard for a couple hours. Is we just <laughs> we just hire Clint Howard for like three hours. And we just look on IMDb for like every film that's coming out in the next year and just have him do that for every film. And then we contact the directors and be like, have we got a surprise oh for you? We've, <laughs> we've shot a scene of your movie for you. Here you go. You're welcome. It's like a, it's like a weird Kickstarter perk that they never asked for in any of their movies. <laughs> you know, we've talked a lot about getting John Hamm involved with our movie ideas, but this blows that out of the water. Oh, dude, God bless it. It's way more believable, too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also more likely to happen. So the end of this movie is that Carrie... Fa- that, that, um, Sorry, I'm just... I'm, I'm thinking about all the movies that we can do, and I'm just getting... It's just like, so you're willing to do this for all of the money in the world. That's all of it. Like, <laughs> was that movie that you watched a couple weeks ago that it was something about billboards? Oh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri? <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? So you're telling me she bought three billboards <laughs> out of Evan? what's the next Wes Anderson movie? Wes Anderson movie that's coming out, dude. Island of Dogs, which looks fucking great. Like, oh, so uh, so you're talking about <laughs> land surrounded by water. <laughs> so it's like an island of dogs. I don't even sound like Clint Howard, but you know, it's just, no, it's fine. We got it. I'm imagining it. Yeah. It's like, so wait, they sing in pitch perfect tones, and they've done us three times now. <laughs> hey, uh, so I want to tell you guys a fun little uh, side note about Pitch Perfect Three. That's the final one that's coming out, right? Well, well that's so what they're they claiming. Yeah. yeah, we'll find out. That says the farewell tour. So I'm assuming it's going to be the same as like any Van Halen farewell. Yeah, tour. I can't wait for the comeback yeah. tour. It's going to be great. <laughs> so you know that band, the Whiskey Shivers? Yes. My mm-hmm. wife has kissed the singer of that band. Ooh. They went to college together. <laughs> and he was an asshole then, so I'm sure he's not much better now. I'm a fan of the Pitch Perfect movies, but I'd like the Pitch Perfect 3 movie better if it was actually like a rugged western about three singers that travel town to town and like clean up the streets and and like the Pitch Perfect 3 was just the name of their gang. <laughs> it's like, oh no, the Pitch Perfect 3 is rolled into town. Are you basically saying... The Three Amigos sequel yes. that should have happened? Like, yes. <laughs> uh, maybe one day, dude. Maybe one day. <laughs> I don't know. Steve Martin will never be entertaining again, sadly. Oh. He's really full of himself and an asshole now. That's oh, upsetting. Maybe he's just upset because he's looked like he was 80 since he was 20 years old. <laughs> he's just <laughs> finally catching to him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's just really bitter because he spent all his money 
and free time learning how to play banjo. Like, if we're talking about anachronisms, <laughs> banjo. Well, I mean, maybe it's because someone made him watch The Wraith. Uh, it could be worse. He could be playing fucking harmonica. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just gonna say, like, what do you hate more, banjo or harmonica? Because like, banjo could easily. Have no, banjo, banjo. I don't mind. Banjo is just kind of a silly, worthless sounding instrument. It just, <laughs> you know, like I love the banjo. Fucking hot like, take. Yeah. Listen, I grew up around bluegrass and folk music, and I, uh, I I've heard enough banjo to get me all the way to hell and back. Yeah, literally. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Um. So the here's the end of this movie, guys. After having sex with Charlie Sheen, just on a whim in that culvert that has probably invis- incredible Melting Man goo in it. Yeah, just um, floating around being like, hey, guys, remember me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, head just bops by in the water during once. Yeah. And then somebody has to make some shitty qu- comment about getting head at the culvert. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they, they have sex and then some shit happens and then Carrie's all unfazed when Charlie Sheen just materializes in front of her and he does a bunch of ghosty shit and then she's like oh it's you and it's 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 they kind of hand wave that he's not the same person that was in the flashbacks by saying this is as close as i could get to looking like my old self which is fine i guess which how but, <laughs> yeah i mean I, I don't you have brown hair good job <laughs> and pecs uh so then here's my question my takeaway question did Charlie Sheen turn Carrie into a ghost at the end of this? Because he's like, we're going to go somewhere together and it doesn't matter where. And then they turn into a ball of light and zoom off. Yeah, he slit her together. throat and she's dead now and they get to fucking travel the world. Yeah, know. so they are wraiths together because he's, he didn't come back to life. He's still a ghost. It's a weird but he's a corporeal ghost that can put its dick in its ex girl in its in its still living girlfriend. It's a weird. So this movie like, is a ghost sex movie. Oh, dude! Oh, we made it. <laughs> it's been a while, but we're back. It's weird because it's trying so hard to be this weird happy ending, which again doesn't. It's not that horror movies can't have happy endings, but it's just one of those things where it's like it also doesn't fit the mold for what everybody calls it. Like it's just like. What are we trying to accomplish by being like, yeah, you're a race now too? Is it is is it setting up a sequel? Is it a happy ending? Like none of which are great. <laughs> none of which are good endings to this fucking movie. Yeah, and what about her family? Doesn't she have any family in this small town? Just a tell. I think she must have. She must have killed her own family and owns that house that yes. she walked away from going to school and or work. <laughs> oh my god! The- you know what I realized? She is actually Molly Ringwald's character in Pretty in Pink. So her dad. <laughs> He spent the rest of his life wondering where his his favorite person in the world went. She's just like, fuck dad, I'm going to go be with my ghost boyfriend. Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. And he just died in 2017. Rough. Uh, rough R.I.P. He spent, he spent from 1988, whenever this movie 86. came out or whatever. 86. Wow. Oh, wow. Brutal. He spent 31 years wondering where his little girl went. <laughs> That is such an obscure reference, Scott. <laughs> You've been explaining that joke for five minutes, and I just got it. <laughs> I don't know what I was referring to, but my last note is kidnapping is cool. So, um, <laughs> well, accurate. Oh wait, no, I never mind. I remember what it was now that I, that, yeah, I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> which we're all we're like Nick Cassavetes' character Packard is awful yeah. like he plays he plays him great like i'm not like cassavetes is playing i don't think he played him great at all well, i don't think he acted well at all in this movie i think that but i think i think the character is written that way i think i blame it on how it was written like i think 
he definitely played a weirdly written character. Therefore, he played that weirdly written character. Like, I think he played him probably what it looked like on the paper. I'm assuming compared to what everybody else's characters looked like on paper. Yeah. Like Skank and what Greaseball. Gutter Boy, I'm sorry. Gutter Boy. <laughs> probably my favorite <laughs> punk, actually, besides Rughead. Gutter Boy was pretty great. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell if he, him and Skank, is that the other guy? Skank, yeah, Skank, yeah. I, I, um, I couldn't tell if they were good actors and that's why I hated them or they were abysmally terrible actors and that's why I hated <laughs> them. Agreed. Dude, agreed. <laughs> Gutter Boy, I was like, oh, man, he's really playing up that lisp. Like, great. But is it just too much of a character choice? Or <laughs> is it like, do you have a lisp? I didn't I didn't know. I wasn't sure. But kidnapping is cool is what I have. <laughs> Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Mega Ran, teacher, rapper, hero, and huge wrestling fan. Every week, you can join me and my co-hosts and a special guest talking about the week in wrestling, talking about historic events, and playing some great hip-hop influenced by, you got it, wrestling. It's Mega Ran. Matt Mania is the name of the show. Search that on any of your favorite podcast apps. Tune in, turn it up, and get busy. All right, so what did you guys watch this week? I'll kick it off. Yeah, do it. All right, so in keeping with the 80s vibe of this episode, I've been holding on to these for a little while. It's been like over a month since I watched these, but I watched Inner Space for the first time since probably 1990 or something. And um, that movie does, is not fun. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I, did not en- I don't enjoy that movie. Like, there's a reason why I watched it one time and was like, eh. And um, it was on Netflix, and I had nothing better to watch as I was, like, stretching one night. I was, like, in front of the fireplace, in, just warming my butt cheeks, nice. stretching out, a little bit of easy yoga, because I'm not talented at any kind of stretching. I'm very, very unlimber. Um, so anybody that has sex fantasies about me, just realize that I won't be able to do any cool tantric stuff for you in real life. So anyway, I was trying to watch Inner Space, and I really hate Martin Short. He is unwatchable. Oh, he's not great. Martin, like, she, uh, Megan just heard me say that, and she is upset. <laughs> she, she loves. <laughs> Matt's laughing maniacally. Well, okay, he's 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 a good foil in Captain Ron to. Uh, he was awesome Snake, in Clifford, but... where he played an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting to the crux of why he sucks. <laughs> I didn't even mean to make that rhyme, but there you go. So, um, yeah, Inner Space is not a movie that I would ever rewatch. And um, The Cowboy is just everything about that movie is like The Wraith. It's just there are no stakes. You know, everything's going to be fine. You know that there's going to be a happy ending. It's not. It's just an adventure flick. It's like an 80s adventure flick. This movie, The Wraith, it was also an 80s adventure flick. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. It's absolutely not a horror movie. It's the least horror movie that we've ever discussed. And we just discussed The Giver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I watched uh, that actually does pertain to horror is on Shudder. Um, they have a great documentary section. And I watched You're So Cool, Brewster. Oh, I heard that. And was that great. was. Yeah, it had been on my to do list, to watch list for quite some time. And it is the best horror doc that I've watched in a long... It's probably the best horror doc I've watched. Are those the guys who did uh, Leviathan, the uh, the Hellraiser doc? Are those the same guys? I don't know, because I haven't watched the Hellraiser doc. Oh, gotcha. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but it's really, really good, and there's so much information. Uh, they got, all, well, they got a good chunk of the living um, cast to talk. They got, they, there's just so much behind the scenes. It's very captivating. It's not dry at all. They talk about the creature effects a lot. And you know that does it for me because practical effects are literally my favorite thing about what we do on this podcast. Um, and it it's just such a great documentary. Um, it's just I have nothing but good things to say about it. And um, it, I would recommend anybody that that uh, hasn't seen it, watch it. Anybody that has seen it, watch it again. Um, if you don't have Shudder, once again, it's my bi-monthly time to say you need to get a Shutter subscription. It's like seven bucks a month or maybe it's six bucks a month. I don't know what it is right now, but get it. it it's absolutely worth it. They have the most incredibly perfect curation service for horror. You will find something to watch every single time you go on to Shutter. And there are even horror documentaries, which I don't think you'll find them anywhere else. All right. So I will jump in here. Uh, real quick with two of the things that I watched this week. Uh, a few things, anyway. I watched Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, which is a super fun kids movie. I didn't expect it to be as fun as it was. I actually really loved those books as a kid, and it holds up to what I remember those books being. Uh, I also watched Mother with an exclamation point, and I thought that it was okay with a question mark. Um, <laughs> and uh, Scott and I participated in one of the many, many things that we offer to our Patreon subscribers. Anybody who donates $20 or more, we get to do a quick movie night on Skype with Scott and I. Well, definitely with me and Scott if he's available. Uh, and we watched for Christmas Silent Night from 2012. And man, that movie starts strong and then it falls the fuck apart. So... <laughs> I don't think it started strong, Matt. I think that we spent an hour and a half trying to talk about anything but what was on the screen. <laughs> it's got the most uncomfortably long nude scene that I've seen in a movie in a long time. Yeah, and you know she didn't get paid no, enough. For not that. at all. For but that's She was probably nude for three days of shooting. <laughs> but if you ever want to watch a movie with Scott and I on Skype, feel free to check out our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash Podcast. And if you'd like some more in-depth details for the movies that I've talked about throughout this month, you can get the reviews when you get the newsletter through us. So that's my shameless plug as well. On to Kyle, who also is going to tell us what did he watch this week, as well as where you can go to buy some cool horror stuff and or see his documentary. <laughs> Oh, man, it's all happening. Um, so that uh, <laughs> You're So Cool Brewster doc was not done by the guys who did the Leviathan doc, but they are currently doing RoboDoc, the creation of RoboCop, and they're in pre-production on Pennywise, the story of It. So uh, they have a bunch of cool horror docs potentially coming out. Um, so I'm glad to hear that You're So Cool Brewster was good because that means the other ones are going to be even better, if not as good. Um, <laughs> I watched The Voyeur, which was a documentary on Netflix um, about – a, I want to say New York, uh, or I want to say a freelance journalist of for like his whole life. He's been a journalist and a reporter and he found a gentleman who openly admitted to buying a motel specifically to film the inhabitants of that, um, hotel. And for like however many years, 20 years or however long he did so. And then this documentary is all about the statute of limitations kind of expiring on what he did 20 or so years ago and him telling his story through this reporter uh, and then the relationship that he has with the reporter. Very creepy, very interesting. Um, 
also like just well done uh, documentary on Netflix. And other than that, I also revisited Severance from 2006, maybe Christopher Young, I believe. Uh, British horror comedy, um, really fun, like really, really, really fun, smart, well done, creative. Um, I bought it kind of on a whim a while back and I've been kind of purging my DVD collection. I pulled it out and was like, uh, I don't know if I really care to keep severance. I'll watch it and see if I like it, dug it. And if you're talking about like directors who have a great streak of films, his film creep, then severance, then triangle, all incredibly different, all incredibly well done. Um, triangle, British. triangle's the one on the boat, right? Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. Triangle's yeah. a great <laughs> movie. Yeah, I did not like it. <laughs> no, it's, it's. I remember fighting so many people on Reddit about that because um, I don't like the internal logic that they had with the time travel. Uh, that's, that's, right. that's fair. That's fair. And I and look, I don't think I necessarily. It's not. It's not necessarily for me, but I really like as far as how different of that filmmaker could be now, I guess now in turn watch having watched severance again, like that trajectory of films between creep then severance then cause they're back to back to back. I'm just like, Holy shit. This dude has like a great eye and just a great directorial, um, uh, presence for lack of a better term to, in order to do all three of these tones. Like I was just like, damn, so uh, se- I ended up keeping Severance on DVD. I didn't get rid of it. I have a quick question for you. Yeah, man. Um, well, I guess for both of you guys, I saw I, I bought a copy of Severance back in you know like 2006 or 2007 mm-hmm. to watch it. I didn't love it. Um, I, I sold it off to like the movie exchange years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the when I bought a copy of Severance, I also bought a copy of this movie called The Cottage. It's basically like a British version of Hatchet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you guys ever seen that movie? No. 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 Never seen it. Mm. It's just like ultra, ultra violent. Um, pretty gross. Uh, the kills are just really gruesome. I, I, I hadn't thought about it in a long time, and that just triggered that memory. And I figured since it was at the tip of my mind, I'd ask. But maybe, maybe we could slum it with that at some future date. I'll put it on my long list because it's it's not good. I don't know if we could make a good movie, a good episode out of it, but. Uh, it might be worse. I was just looking it up. Andy Serkis is the lead in in the in, cottage. In the cottage, yeah. If it's the one from two thousand, wow, yeah, he's he's the lead. And he might not. I mean, he might. He's the first build. I mean, I, mean, the I, shouldn't, one. I shouldn't say he's yeah. the lead. But. Oh yeah, he's not the lead. He's he's yeah, but he's yeah, he's not the monster. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize that was two thousand eight. Yeah, I I, I I had never seen it. There, that, that British. There was a the big surge of British horror that kind of came out yeah. in the like the mid to late 2000s a lot of it kind of passed me by I like I like creep and severance severance screwed me up a little bit because of that like weird sort of storyline about people kidnapping people in the woods and killing them you know like yeah like, that's like, what like, I didn't like about the, it that that's that's what turned me off from it I still kept it um, but that's what I didn't like about it. And it also, I think, is what prevents me from returning to watch it until like, you know, five, six years pass or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that was funny. And then I remember it's not so fucking funny because it's like kind of brutal. You know what else that guy did? This uh, Christopher Smith. Smith. I'm sorry. Christopher Smith. Not young. Yeah. He did Black Death. Yeah. I, I was looking at that. I have never seen it. Uh, was it any good? 
That movie rules. Yeah. Like it's it's way better than it should be. Yeah. Um it, it's uh well, I like stuff with swords and I like period pieces. I love medieval stuff. And that movie was really great. It did have some stupid parts. I don't know if I would want to own it. I don't really own a whole lot of movies anymore. Sure. I, I spend my money on Nintendo games. <laughs> but uh, I, I do remember really enjoying my watch of it. So I do have like a positive emotion when I think about it. But maybe it doesn't hold up to the second watch but is uh I, I don't i never saw creep but is creep kind of like a, a remake of raw meat from the 70s mm, i'm not i'm not familiar with raw meat so i couldn't speak totally to that okay it's not um, a good it's not a good movie at all don't yeah no Cre- i mean christopher smith's creep is just about a woman who gets trapped in the subway and there's like a a descent type creature who lives there if i remember correctly um but there's also like a labyrinth of tunnels and kind of shit that she finds out and can't, you know, go through. Um, okay. So there's like a couple other characters. It's not just like her dealing with creatures. It's like there's a couple other people and characters that she runs into down there. But she gets trapped in the subway. It's got that, again, that mid-2000s, like everything's blue, like yeah. lighting to it. But it's 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 a fine movie. Um, it's good for, I think it was his first movie. And it's like... It's got some great moments. It's got some great atmosphere to it. Um, scared, it scared the hell out of me when I watched it because I was like, fuck that. Like, fuck being trapped in the tunnel. Like, I didn't know that could happen. I didn't know you could just get trapped in the subway system. But that movie was like, oh, I guess you can, and I will never do that again. <laughs> so uh, if you had to rewatch one of the two, would you rewatch Creep or The Midnight Meat Train? Probably Midnight Meat Train. And I will say only because I, I have watched creep a few times like over the years and uh, midnight me train i've only seen once and i it's really because of the current situation i mean i was reading i was reading a little bit of clive barker recently and it'd be nice to like see s- some more of his stuff on film um i just bought rawhead rex uh which i heard is not great <laughs> but i just you know i just uh read the short story out of book what books of blood three i think is where it is so like i'd like to see what they do with it um so i'd probably watch midnight meat train again all right fair enough um so real quick how do you uh like how about you give a quick um advertisement for how people can check out phantasm i kept almost saying fangasm no that's all right there is there was a there was a show that came out called fangasm and it like they attached themselves to my imdp page (laughs) at one point with all of their like clips of their show and i was like uh i guess (laughs) um so i i did a documentary called phantasm a while back um you can find it on facebook uh just facebook.com slash phantasm doc um, on Twitter, uh, you know, it's not so active right now because I'm working on a new documentary called survival of the film freaks, which we're in post-production on right now. And that one is all, so phantasm is all about horror conventions. It was my senior project in film school. So it's not the best quality, but it comes from the heart and it's really kind of fun. Um, and then survival of the film freaks is going to look a lot better. And it's also about, um, how cult films are, followed in the 21st century of with technology being what it is like how does that change the definition of cult so it's half sort of history of part love letter and then part so well not half 
it's part, part history of part love letter, part how technology changes what that means and what does it look like for the future of cult and underground independent film. Um, so that one's called Survival of the Film Freaks. We're in post-production on it now. Uh, Phantasm, you can find on Facebook. There's a link to buying a DVD and there's a link to potentially screening, like streaming it on Vimeo. And that's pretty much it. You can also find me on Etsy on, at Horror Finds. I peddle a bunch of my horror wares paperbacks vinyl vhs just fun stuff i find in the wild that i don't really want to keep from my own collection so i offer it back to you uh for basically what i bought it for most of it anyway that's what i got going on all right thank you so much guys uh that was the wraith from 1986 as forced upon us by you guys i mean you can't you can't always knock him out of the park, I guess. Uh, Scott, actually, that movie was suggested to us. One of the emails was from our friend Morgan, who actually joined us on the Skype discussion of of Silent Night. So, Morgan, now we're definitely not watching Phantasm Three. <laughs> so, thank you guys so much for all of the stuff that you do, all the donations that you make, and all of the stuff that's going on. You guys are the best, and we'll be back next week with another movie and a new guest co-host. listening to the Geekscape Network.